From Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Lehigh Athletics presents Mountain Hawk Talk, the podcast for the Lehigh Mountain Hawks, presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network and Coordinated Health. Here's your host, Josh Liddick. Hey, what's going on, Lehigh fans? Welcome into episode four of the Mountain Hawk Talk podcast, the official podcast of Lehigh Athletics. I'm your host, Josh Liddick. Thanks for all your support so far in the first month since the show's release. Keep subscribing and leaving your five-star reviews on all the places you love to listen to your podcasts. On this episode, I sit down with Lehigh women's soccer head coach Eric Lambinus, discussing a variety of topics including the 10th anniversary of the program's first Patriot League championship and NCAA tournament appearance in 2010. Without further ado, here's my interview with Eric Lambinus. And I am joined today by Lehigh women's soccer head coach, Eric Lambinus. Eric, welcome to Mountain Hawk Talk. We're excited to have you on. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me. I've loved all the the Mountain Hawk minutes you've done with all of our coaches and really appreciated um, the one last week about uh, Greg Strobel. It was uh, was unreal. Um, We all miss him really dearly here at Lehigh, but it was great to just hear the stories from from Pat and Chris. Um, He's one of the reasons why I came to Lehigh as well. Um, just an interaction with him and I might interview that I'll never forget. And just, I was fortunate enough to spend the 10 years that, that I got with him. So thanks for doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was a pleasure to do that episode and we talked off air, but it was, you know, we're only three episodes in, but I would say that, you know, we saved the best for the beginning, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it, it went so well and I was so, like I had said in the episode, I didn't really know Greg well since I've only been at Lehigh since 2018, but um, you know, just by hearing the stories of him from Pat and Chris just made me want to, you know, <laughs> it made me kind of regret that I didn't get to know him better while I was, uh, you know, here at Lehigh. Uh, but our, you know, our paths didn't really cross that much. But, uh, you know, he was just a fascinating guy. And um, I could just see like how much of an impact he had on everybody at Lehigh. It doesn't matter if it was wrestling related or not. He made an impact wherever he went with whoever he came in contact with. And I think that that's something that was just awesome to, to learn about last week. Yeah. If you take anything from Greg Strobel, it's literally like the resent relentless optimism. I think that's the best way. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. his optimism and everything that he's, he did was, was unreal. So that's what I'll try to do on a regular basis, even on those days where it's tough. I think it's good um, to just hear that voice. Absolutely. So many themes came out of last week's episode, but you know, for this week's, episode with you on it you know we have a lot to get to um a lot to talk about um and first we'll just talk about the current team and you know where we're at obviously right now we're in the middle of a a a pause in athletic activity hopefully we can get back onto the field soon but um you know looking at your team heading into this season and after an off season that didn't have a spring season didn't have the things that you were normally used to um because of the pandemic um, you know, how did your team adjust to going back onto the field and, you know, uh, starting a new way of practicing uh, to, um, in, the, in August uh, before the pause? And now during the pause, how has your team uh, been able to stay fit? Yeah, I, well, the group that we have returning, um, I'll be honest, is a special group. I've, I've talked to them a lot about this is a, a unique circumstances where, you know, I mean, we're going to be playing in the spring, our hope, um, but they're going to be spending time together. And I, and I can tell you, um, 
our senior class is just a really good group um, that want to build connection, that want to work, that love the game of soccer. And I said, if there was one group that I'd want to go through this with, it's them. Um, and so I, I know it's a real struggle for them because it's, we get going and then we stop and then we get going and we stop, but they, they, they have a good connection and they're always caring about, um, about themselves and about the, the university. Even last year, right before we stopped, right before spring break, we, we did this thing we do every year as a toughness challenge. And, and, and we make as coaching, as, as coaches, we make it really difficult for them. It's a skill set. It's a fitness thing. It's a whole bunch of different things. And, and we made it super hard and they killed it. Um, and they killed it because they were able to pick and choose who they thought they knew enough about their teammates, their strengths, um, that they were able to pick the right kids to, to, to perform in the events, and they, and they did awesome. Um, and even little things that they do, their connections that they have on a regular basis, the way they trained when we had those three weeks was awesome. They were super competitive, great energy. We, we loved everything about it. And then even little things like a Coach Cal, um, right in the pause, um, she made a, a really good decision to help out the kids, the Lehigh kids overall in isolation by putting together goodie bags. Coach Hess helped, a bunch of other coaches. Um, but Lisa Kestelboim, who's our senior, got our athletes across campus to write specific notes of encouragement. J just little things like that are just awesome. So as much as it's not exactly how we thought it would be, but these kids are just, they're, they're dealing with it. Um, and they're doing that relentless optimism. And I think if we get the opportunity to play in the spring, I think the group's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, it's obvious from the way that you were describing your your team that they're a very special group yeah. and um, just the way that they play and the way that they lead uh, on and off the field. And one of those players is is uh, goalkeeper Miranda Royds. And, um, you know, she has seen so many great strides um, in her development from just, just an athlete to, you know, being a very technical goalkeeper. You know, how have you seen her grow as both a member of the team and a leader on and off the field? Well, she's great because um, she cares about everybody. Like she genuinely like asked the coaches staff questions about how we are. So she genuinely cares about every member of our team. And, and a lot of kids do care, but it, it, there's literally a genuine interest. So she, she's awesome. And she's part of two teams. She's, she's really unique because you would think it was a goalie who's going to be on the track and field team. They might be a thrower or like an explosion type thing, but she's a long distance runner. Like you literally don't mm -hmm. typically have goalies do long distance running and it actually is a really difficult training like her the, the step she takes it, it actually it, it's kind of the opposite so I know that was pretty difficult for her um, early in her career and and she's not the tallest goalie um, but she is super technical and so when she first got here she there was just a bunch of things that we wanted to change in the way she you know I mean the, her positioning off the line um, her soccer sense, because, you know, I mean, she did so many sports, she usually just did like goalie training, which is catching and shooting. Um, so there was a lot of things that we, we had to work on her with. And she was, it was tough that she was behind a really good goalie, like, like an all league type kid who was like a program changer, but she just kept working and working and working and, and even lost her position her sophomore year and came back as an even better goalie. So if, if you had a kid that you wanted to put up there and said, this is the type of kid that we want at Lehigh because they get better, they care about their program, they care about the individuals, it's Miranda. So we're just fortunate to have her. Absolutely. And looking at your team and, you know, if we are fortunate enough to have a spring season in 2021, you know, what would you say is the biggest strength for your squad um, heading into next, uh, the next season? It's definitely our depth of our team. Um, we brought in a really good class of, of freshmen who um, are super talented. 
Um, we had a lot of players over the last couple of years who were fighting for positions there. A lot of them are hardened too, like in and out of the lineup. Um, we've gone through some good seasons. We've gone through some seasons where we struggled. Um, even the, the 2018 season where we struggled and came back, it, it's a group that, that knows how to work, um, is not afraid of failure, uh, is, is incredibly you know, I mean, deep. We, we have some kids coming back. We probably have 14, 15, 16 kids who have you mean, been kind of like a starter at some point, and then we have a good group in behind them that that wants to play. Um, I think that'll be good because in the spring, we we would we would be like 16 months without playing a game, many of the players, and so there's no way that anybody's going to be ready to play 90 minutes like we normally do. So we're going to have to utilize that depth, and I do think their approach to it will be awesome. So I, I think we're going to have a really deep team that knows how to play that and understand these other strengths. So I'd be excited about it. And, and even in the, like, you're going to have the COVID issues probably where kids are going to be in and out of the lineup. Um, these kids are yeah. used to it. Uh, so I, I think, I think we'd be all right. I think it would be the next person step up. Um, and I think we'd be good. Uh, Cause I think I look at every one of our positions and, and we're two deep, three deep in each one of them. Yeah. And usually the fall season, the, the fall season and, and training is, is a way for you to get the freshmen acclimated as well. Yeah. Um, you know, what have you seen from the freshmen to start? And, um, you know, obviously you'd like to be practicing and playing right now, but, you know, what have you seen from the freshmen that makes you excited about what they can bring to the team for next year? Well, two things are, there's, they, they are really talented. It's a good group. Like we got a, we even got a kid, a couple kids late that we, we might not have gotten, but maybe through an injury that they came in late who we think are really talented. And they're actually, they're the one probably benefiting the most from this, uh, just because I know like no one's going to say a freshman's benefit from having, I mean, isolation and all that stuff their first semester, but they don't have a terrible setup, um, but they're going to get to acclimate themselves to the team where typically our freshmen are really like thrown into the fire. Um, we, we typically come back for preseason, we play a game two days later, and then we're, we're playing real games like two weeks into it. This group has, has gotten, I mean, the academics down. Um, they've gotten the balance down. They've gotten to build relationships. So they'll be better acclimated coming into a spring season. Um, so they're the ones that are probably going to benefit the most. And so that I think that gives us the most depth because we actually, for the first time, probably have four years of, of players where in other years, it's like hit or miss with freshmen sometimes. Some of them can you mean acclimate really yeah. quickly and some just struggle. But this will be four years and we get another semester out of our seniors. So it, it's just a unique circumstance that we want to take advantage of. In addition to depth on the field, your team and your roster in past years have been known for academic excellence in the, in the classroom with notoriously one of the highest program GPAs in the department year in and year out with a 3.5 GPA as a team for six straight semesters, which is incredibly impressive. Speak on how your team continues to find success academically. I think it's just recruiting the right kids um, and finding kids that want to challenge. Even, even now, um, we challenge our kids. We have an incoming class. We challenge them with not making it easy. Um, we have uh, even a player in our freshman class. We, I mean, we got her. I mean, we, we think she was approved in the process through the admissions process. Um, but we made her take cha more challenging classes her, her senior year, so she was ready. And so I think if we pick the right players, we challenge them, we give them enough ownership, we give them an, enough encouragement, we give them enough um, structure that they're they're all they all want to succeed. Um, and then when you have um, success in that area, it breeds success. So they mm -hmm. they want to keep that going. So they 
even a couple of years ago, we, we, we were a little bit down, um, but our kids worked really hard. And so I, I think it's, I think it's important for, for us just to understand what they're capable of uh, and, and encourage them and work with them to, to do their very best and then build a personal relationship. I think Coach Cal and I are personally invested in each one of them academically. Cal's a teaches English here. You know what I mean? I was an academic coordinator and a faculty member at a previous school. So we're invested in that. Um, and, and I think it just comes across. But I will say that, you know I mean, they do the work. You know what I mean? They're, they're not afraid of it. Um, our hardest balance is just finding that balance between um, between soccer and school and, 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 and having them be able to, to, to maintain that balance. And your program's academic su- success is translated into the student athletes careers with Bloomberg, which is one yeah. of the largest uh, companies in the world. Um, you know, it's kind of acting as a pipeline upon their graduation. Mm-hmm. You know, it began with Grace Carell, continued with Maggie Wadsworth and Kate, uh, Kat Jacobellis, and now includes Allie Friedman. You know, how have you seen Lehigh women's soccer helping Lehigh women's soccer uh, with that connection? Yeah, I think that's just like one really good example where we've had a number like we, we just had a player um, get another internship at PwC where Alyssa Reporti, you know, what I mean, was engaged. Mm-hmm. And so there I, I think our players are really helpful. Um, our, our graduates, you and Grace Corral was a, a, a great example of that as someone who um, who did great in their internship, loved it, and then was willing to you know, engage her, her, her younger players um, and expose her, expose them to the opportunity. So, and then when they speak so highly of their experience, it makes our other players get excited about it. We always see, it's always like cyclical. We, we have a lot of, in the past, we've had some engineers, now we move to business. And I think it just runs in circles because our, our players look up to our upperclassmen and see the success they're having and just want to follow them. And then, our, our older players uh, and even our grads love connecting with with our current players. So it's just a great opportunity. We, we've had a bunch of Zoom calls with alumni giving advice on their career. So it's just a, a connection that, that we have, but it's, it's even a connection when a senior, you know what I mean, graduates and then a couple of years later there's a freshman on the team that needs help they, mm-hmm. they're, they're great um, and, I, and I think they just follow each other so it, it is that 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 support of, of the program Allie Friedman made the comment like again this is one example but I could probably give you 10 um, where we've helped out so I think it's it's good and that's ultimately what we're here for um, right I mean we have a, a company of engineers we have we have three players in that you know I mean we're all graduated the, the last couple of years so I think it's it's great that they're just happy to support each other. Absolutely. And um, Gina Lewandowski is one of probably the most successful alumni in terms of her on-field accomplishments. Um, And she's been a great ambassador for the Lehigh Women's Soccer Program through her involvement in pro women's soccer, uh, playing in the NWSL. And, you know, what does her playing in the top women's soccer league in the U.S. mean for your program? And how have you seen her continue to make an impact um, years after she's gone, been gone? Yeah, well, impact is, you know, I mean, she's just, she's engaged with us. She's been at practices. She gets to know the players. Uh, and we get a lot of information. Like she, she played for Bayern Munich. You know what I mean? You can't have more resources yeah. about training, about periodization. So she gives back in that way so much. Just, I mean, she's, Right now, she's an older player professionally and understands her body and, and how to recover, how to train. And she just gives us so much insights into all that stuff. What overall, what, what Gina does for our program is it, it, it allows us in the recruiting process and even allows our student athletes. You can be great at whatever you want to be great at. 
you want to be a great soccer player? Look, Gina, you, you, you know what I mean? You want to be great in, in finance? There's Natalie Honaki. You know what I mean? You want to be, a, you know what I mean? A, a, a ear, nose, and throat doctor? There's Natalie Crane. Like, what it tells us is whatever our student athletes want, they can be great at. Um, and you can do it here at Lehigh. Like you don't, yep. you know what I mean? If you want to be a great soccer player, you don't have to go to Penn State or Virginia. You can, you can play at the highest level here. Um, and, and it's the same thing is I, I think what it allows us to do is, is recruit and say, you can do anything here because we have the best of both worlds. We have, you know, I mean, awesome academics. We play at the highest level. You can get to anywhere. We've had multiple players have the opportunity to play professionally um, since Gina, like even in my career, you know what I mean? I think Jenna Pepe had an opportunity um, if she wanted it. You know what I mean? Adrian mm -hmm. Patello had the opportunity if she wanted it. Um, and they chose not to, but they're great in their, in their profession. So just having Gina do that in the professional sport world is, is one aspect of saying you can do this in, in any aspect you can do. You know, Eric, shifting gears to a little more of a serious topic in our country right now is uh, racial injustice. And it's been such a huge topic in our country for this entire year, what it seems like, um, you know, along with COVID. Um, your program has been very active in shining light on these issues through social media. You know, how important has it been for your team to stay educated on um, these important issues? Well, first, first aspect is that we, we have to own the fact that maybe traditionally and historically um, women's soccer and Lehigh and then women's soccer in general hasn't been great, to be honest. Um, the women's soccer, youth sports, youth soccer, girls soccer, um, there aren't the opportunities um, for young girls of color. Um, it is, it isn't, it is, we don't have a great track record. And so I think, and even our team, you know, I mean, it's been inconsistent over, over the number of years. And so I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to own that. Um, and understand that that we have to be better educated. We we have to do better in in providing opportunities. Uh, and so, I think that was our first step. And understanding we have a lot of players who are really passionate about this issue, um, and 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 want to push and want to see. You know, I mean, our program be better. They want to see athletic department to be better. They want to see Lehigh be better. And what we can do is publicly support them um, because we know it's right. Uh, and then we also have some players who, who might be a little bit hesitant um, because they just don't know what to say. They're, you know, I mean, they, they, they have been, their whole life has been privileged um, and they don't know what to say. They don't want to say the wrong thing. And we just work with them on a regular basis to say, look, is, if your heart's in the right direction and we'll work to be better. Um, and that's what we've, as a program, have, have tried to do over the last couple I mean, over the last six, seven months. And I think we've done a pretty good job. I think we have a long way to go. Um, but we've made changes in our program as well to, to be better, um, to provide more opportunities um, and to be vocal in it and not be afraid to, to make mistakes. Um, and right now it's really difficult in the election and this time paid period, um, but we're still, we're still working. Um, Coach Cal's really active as well. So being an English major, um, we've always been great in fighting for women's rights. Um, fighting for lesbian and gay rights. Um, and I think our program has changed, you know what I mean, from 10 to 15 years ago. And this is just an area we, we have to continue to improve. But I, I, the first thing was just owning how we could be better um, personally as a, as a head coach, you know what I mean, and personally as with players and just work with them um, each day to get better. One of the biggest things in our department right now has been, you know, we're trying to get people to go out and vote, which yeah. has been such a huge thing. And this episode is releasing on Monday, the 2nd of November. Mm -hmm. So 
as people are listening to it, tomorrow is the election. Um, yeah. You know, what can you say about you know the department's efforts of getting people to go out and vote, and you know your program as well. Obviously, in order to make those changes in this country that need to be made, you know the the right people need to be in. It doesn't it doesn't just need to be in in the presidency, but it could be in yeah. any office too. You, you need, we need to elect the right people to to make these issues um, to change these things. Yeah, um, Addie with our women's basketball program has been great. Our Tide program, Lisa Kestebuim's on it. Uh, has been great um, about getting us all, you know, I mean, registered to vote. We're happy that, I mean, all of us, you mean, every player on our team is registered to vote and will vote or has vote already. Um, the, the big thing is just trying to educate them on how to, you mean, how to, how to, how to educate yourself, not through social media. You know I mean? There's a great, you know I mean? Netflix social dilemma. It's a great documentary, which we watch with our team, partly with the team to understand like, you have to you have to get the information. It's if you if you just go the easy route, you're going to get the information that's just, it's just going to repeat what you want to hear. But it's really important for you to go dig a little bit deeper. Find the local newspapers. Find the right outlets. Find you know I mean who you're actually voting for. Like in Pennsylvania, like the attorney general, the auditor general, like your local areas, and and find out what they're standing for. Pick the one or two issues that mean the most to you. And then make those decisions that way. Um, and so we've been trying to educate our student athletes in in that direction to to not just vote, but vote. You know I mean, vote educate. You know, I mean, really dig down deep and and find out what what you're voting for and what are the topics that really mean something to you. Um, because what means to me as a you know, I mean, 48 year old coach, you know, I mean, closer probably to retirement than, than the start of my career is different than, than what our, our young student athletes are. So it's important for them to, to learn about what is important to them and not just hear it from us. So that's been, that's been huge for us. Before we move on with our next segment on the show, let me just remind you that Mountain Hawk Talk is presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network and Coordinated Health your unrivaled partners for sports medicine and injury care. You can follow the show on Twitter at LehighMHTalk, and you can subscribe and download each episode from lehighsports.com slash podcasts or from your favorite platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And um, Eric, we recently highlighted uh, Lehigh men's soccer head coach Dean Kosky's first career victory at Moravian um, in 1992 and, uh, you know, a couple months ago on social media. And you told you had told me that you were a member of the men's soccer team at Moravian that season. And what do you remember most about playing against Dean's team and what has it been like to work with him the past 10 years? Uh, the, yeah, the interesting part is, is my... I think it was two years, the last two years that Moravian and Lehigh played, I was in both those games. They, they killed us in Dean's first game. I think it was 2 nothing, but it probably could have been a little bit worse. And then the last game that Moravian and, and Lehigh played was over here at Lehigh. We actually won that game as mm-hmm. Moravian. Um, so it was pretty cool. I, I always asked Dean, like, where's our mayor cup? Like, you, they say that there was this mayor cup that, that was there, but somehow it's not at Moravian. It must be hidden in a closet somewhere. <laughs> um, but Dean, Dean's, kind, Dean's a legend in this area. Um, and it's, I knew him when I was a coach there. I knew of him when I was a player, um, that he, he's, he's a great developer of student athletes and of soccer players. Um, and, and just being able to work with him and talk to him on a regular basis to, to count him as a friend and a colleague is great. And he's had so much success And, and not only that, he develops student athletes, um, he develops coaches as well. Um, you know, I mean, what he did with, with Coach Ben and 
Coach Hess, um, just everything he's done with that program has been great. And, and, and we're fortunate to, to be able to work with him. I, I didn't, when I was at Moravian, I coached both teams. So I didn't get a chance to work with like a, a fellow soccer coach. And it, mm-hmm. it's been refreshing to be able to do that, to, to, to watch his team and, and, and give him insights, for him to watch our team and give us insights into things. It's, it's, it's what Lehigh's all about, but the relationship that we have is, is great. Um, and just happy to see the recent success he's had with his program and, and, and following that up with, with seeing it with Coach Hess, who I've known since he was 15 or 16. Yeah, and you speaking about uh, Coach Hess, and um, you yeah. coached him while he was at Moravian, and um, we asked Dean on episode one, you know, what has it been like to to see Ryan, who has been instrumental in uh, the last two Patriot League titles for the men for the men's soccer program, um, grow and mature as a coach and person the last ten years, because you've seen him in all walks of life, and um, you've probably, you've seen him at his worst and you've seen him at his best. And, um, you know, what has that been like for you to kind of watch him now in this next phase of his life? Yeah. What, um, something I've, I've always been proud of, um, in my coaching career, um, more than wins and losses, because I, I probably haven't, I probably should have always won a little bit more than I, than I think <laughs> yeah. I have. Um, but I, I, I believe the players love soccer. I mean, that Ryan, I mean, the fact that he loves soccer and wants to, I mean, invest the, his livelihood in, in, in soccer is, is, is an incredibly proud moment. The fact that he's a Tottenham Hotspur fan comes from, I mean, a trip to Europe that we went to and we saw Tottenham play in the stadium, saw mm-hmm. Robbie Keane score the goal of the year. And, and all of a sudden that whole group is Tottenham fans. And now it just, it's, it, it's really it's, it's great for me to have someone that passionate about soccer. Um, and Ryan right now is an unbelievable coach. I mean, he, I remember him coaching my, you know, I mean, as an assistant coach of my, my club team at FC Lehigh. Um, and then to grow and to be like, literally he, he's a head coach. He's a, he's a head coach and everything but the term. Um, the same way we feel about coach Cal is um, we're both of our programs are, are fortunate to have two coaches uh, at the head of our program um, that could both be head coaches. So Ryan, his growth in soccer, the way he's become a coach, the way he's become a mentor to his players is just, is just awesome. And I, I just can't wait to, to, to see his career continue to track and see his life, life develop. You know, I mean, he's getting married soon. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's a really cool um it's about time probably. Um, but I, I just think it's great. And just knowing his entire family, um, it's great to have so many of my former players in coaching and still playing at a, at a pretty good level too. Also, you provided the color commentary last year for the uh, 2019 men's soccer championship win at home. Um, you know, what was that experience like for you to be, on, uh, be in a different role behind the microphone um, and what was it like seeing um, 1,700 people gathered at Ulrich Sports Complex for that game? Well, you know, I mean, to be totally honest, a little jealous. You know what I mean? Like, it would like to be on that, the other side of the field. You know, I mean, we've had some good opportunities. We played in the championship game the year before, but it was nothing like that. And to be able to play Lafayette um, in the championship game is a, is a u- unique uh, circumstance that, that just doesn't come around. You know I mean, we, we played le- – uh, Lafayette in the playoffs a couple of years before and we had a huge crowd not quite 1700 um, but it was just such a cool atmosphere um, and what was great about it with Dean's team and Ryan's team is like I mean he's had some really good teams here at Lehigh I don't I mean I've been here 10 years I've watched the team probably before because I've, I've been close and that was probably the closest team I've ever seen like the the group of individuals caring for each other you know I mean kids of 
I mean, lost positions, but still there. Um, I just think it was one of the closest teams, the closest knit teams I've seen at Lehigh in a long time. Like, seriously, they were, they were connected. You Just when one person scored, the whole team got up, and you could just see the connection that they had. We could see it in training. Um, and we, we have a close relationship with the women's team as well. Um, so you could just you could see it. Um, and so that's something that we're all building towards. Every coach here at Lehigh knows that that's the difference maker. You know I mean, we, we all think we have talented teams and we can all compete, but there's always got to be something that's different. It's mm-hmm. something that makes, makes you special, and you're always trying to find it. His team is this talented they were um they were just more together than any team um and that's what won the championship for them um and it was really good to see that you could do that um with a group of group of guys so i was jealous um i do think i have a group that's pretty close to that right now um and and we use that as we can be like that they're a model you know model program so it was really cool and then just Dean's been so close, you know, I know he's won a couple of championships, but he's had so many good teams and have, have lost on penalties and so many times. So yeah. it was just, it was really good to see him enjoy it and then see, you know, I mean, everything that Ryan has done with the program. So I was proud of everything and was just happy to be part, like my small part of it. Um, you know, kicking it back 10 years to uh, 2010 and, you know, your first championship with Lehigh and with the women's soccer team. And, um, you know, heading into that position um, as in, as a first year head coach, you know, um, did you know going into that season that you had a team that could contend for a Patriot League championship that year? Uh, yeah, I did. You know what I mean? I, you know I, mean? I, I was somewhat familiar with the team prior, um, but watch, I, I watched them play the year before. They were a really good team um and just just were falling short maybe it was a confidence thing and just they were really good and then even just working with them um in the spring I I, I mean I didn't know as many teams um in the Patriot League or I mean even the first game against a team like Syracuse but even just working with them in the spring I I knew that there was there was something special about that group they were hungry um and maybe they just needed a little bit of confidence they needed a little direction We, we had to make some tough decisions um, about positions, formation, a, bu- a bunch of different things, leadership. Um, and it, maybe it took somebody from the outside to come in and look at it differently mm-hmm. um, to, to, to provide that direction, to lead the ship in a, in a certain way. But they were ready. Like, I still have good relationships with a lot of the players, on most of the players on that team. Um, and they were just, they were so ready to win. Um, that they were hungry, they would do anything, they worked their butt off. Um, so it was, it was awesome to be able to just come in and, and work with that group um, and provide guidance um, and, and, and the right leadership and make the right decisions, the tough decisions, and, and understand that I just saw it from a different, you know, I mean, it's really hard as a head coach when you're there for a while to kind of see the, the forest through the trees, sometimes they say, um, but I was able to just come in and, and see some things and, and, and just guide them in the right direction, but they were, they were so ready. Um, so yeah, I, I knew Justin even said, cause he started with me the same exact time and he was shocked at how openly we were talking about winning that championship. But I, I really, to be honest with you, I, I had no doubt we could. And we even had some injuries along the way that kind of derailed us at times, but we knew that we were, we, that team, that team could play with anybody in the country. Yeah. And, and with that team, uh, you had a large group of seniors and fifth year seniors. Um, and you mentioned earlier with the way that your players now handle, you know, being, you know, academically successful, you know, they do the work, yeah. you know, and that's what you want your players to do. You, you, you can coach them as, as much as you want, but ultimately it's up to them and, and, and you want them to do the work, you know, what are the ways you helped empower the seniors to take ownership of the team 
and get to that next level um, because when it's on the players, that's when the most success happens. Yeah, I think I think in the spring we challenge them to to be better um, with their fitness. We challenge them to play together more. We cha- I'll be honest with you. One of the things I think we did we just played really good soccer. So we allowed them to open up. They they wanted to play, um, but I think they were stressed out. And you know, I mean, college soccer is sometimes not the prettiest game in in the world because it's you're running at it. You know, I mean, it's high fitness level. It's you know, I mean, high press. But we we opened up the game for them in the spring, um, and I think it it. it we challenged them to play a little bit better soccer, which they wanted to do um, and didn't worry about as many results um, at first, but they they just played really well. Um, And one of the other things is we, we, we told them that we didn't know what the answers were going to be. We were going to be a developing team over the course of the season. um, And we worked together with the group to, to, to find a playing style, um, a formation where we're going to put kids over a period of time. and, And they did. Um, and our, our seniors and fifth year seniors were awesome. Like they were, I mean, they, they had the pulse of the team and they were, they were able to, to push them in the right moments. They were able to, to pull back in the right moments. Um, they were to guide us in what we needed to do. But when we, when we literally, when we asked them to put, put their foot down and, and, and do what they needed to do, they, they, they were willing to do it. So it was just, it was a really good group to work with. And, and you can see the success they're having now um, and the connection They're They're still highly connected. So that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's how great. you knew it was going to be a good team. Yeah, your 2010 squad, you had you picked up, you know, a pair of 1-0 shutout wins in the Patriot League tournament en route to that championship. Um, it was in the title game that you guys beat Army West Point, you know, avenging a loss to them during the regular season. What was the message heading into that game, knowing that you fell short earlier in the year? Um, and what did it feel like to overcome that obstacle? Because you guys were a number three seed in that tournament. Yeah, it, it was interesting because we, we had a pretty big injury the week before the Army game. Um, and so it, it changed up our lineup quite a bit. And so that game and the game up there was, I think it was played in like 30 mile an hour wins. So it was just one of those games where, but again, we, we lost in overtime um, where we felt we played really well. Um, but it was one of those times where I think it was just a confidence that we were, we came back earlier in the year and get against some teams. And we knew that we knew that army was going to be the, the top team or one of the top teams. Yeah. And so I think it just gave us confidence to be able to go up to army under really difficult circumstances. And, and honestly, you know, I mean, almost pull off a win or pull off a tie that we had confidence that we could go back and, and we beat some really good teams, Colgate and Bucknell, um, and, and you know, had a good weekend down in Navy and American. So uh, we had confidence going into that last week and we were just starting to hit our stride defensively at the end of the year, like not giving up a lot of chances. And, and to be honest, I didn't think we would give up a goal in the Patriot league playoffs. And it was just, can we, can we have a moment, um, of, of, of special play? And that's exactly what happened in both games. So there was a lot of confidence, um, losing that first game was probably the best thing, um, for mm-hmm. them because it was still okay. Whereas in the past, when they lost, um, they really struggled. Like when they would go down a goal, they would struggle. But we, we did some things during the year that, that really in training that made it really difficult for them and they were able to overcome it. So it was just, just giving them the confidence to say like, we can do this. Um, and it was maybe a new coach that came in and did it was, was good. But, um, we, I, I knew we were going to win that championship, to be honest with you. And I think a bunch of the players did. Um, but again, we, we overcame a bunch of things. Even losing our starting center mid in the semifinal game was, was fine. And a new young freshman stepped in and played well. Um, so it was, it, was, it was just a fun team to coach. Even in the NCAA tournament game, it was, it was super fun. Yeah, and talking about that NCAA tournament game, I know you, you mentioned earlier that 
you felt like this team could beat, could play with anybody, could stay with anybody. And, you know, even though you guys fell three, nothing to, to Virginia in that NCAA tournament game, you know, a, a chance early in the second half by Murphy Greeley, you know, really made it feel like your side had a shot to compete. And uh, throughout that game, was that your feeling while coaching the team? Like you, even though that you guys were down, you still felt like you had a chance like the entire time. Yeah, I think we took the right approach to that game. I think our team was, you mean, was was excited to play in it. Um, I, I think a couple of results earlier in the year that though they helped us win the Patriot League championship, um, they it was a struggle for us because it made us drop down in seed wise with RPI and everything. So we we got a really top team, Virginia on their home field. Uh, but I thought we had a pretty good game plan going into it. I thought we could we could hold them back. I thought we we would if if we were diligent and, and, and picked our spots to press and, and, and play well. Um, and once we got to, to halftime, I'll be honest, I, I thought we could win the game. You know I mean? At halftime, we went in with a lot of confidence and we had a pretty good game plan and, and the, the chance happened. You know I mean? We, we set it up. We, we knew that we would be able to get, you know I mean? One or two opportunities if we pressed it the right way and, and we did and we played it in. And if we would have scored that game, scored that goal, I, I think it, it would have, um, I, we definitely I think we probably would have won because they would have, you know, I mean, got scared or yeah. you know, I mean, got a little nervous. But they were just so good. Like there's three goals. There's nothing we can do about the three goals, and they came in like five minute period, like late in the game. So though we, you know, I mean, we're disappointed to give up the three goals. Like that was one of the best games I, I think we we've ever played, and I watched it and I was really excited about um, the way we competed in it. Yeah, I mean, just just being able to stay in a game like that against a, a top team like Virginia, who has had so much success um, mm-hmm. in in women's soccer, but um, you know, just really showed that you, you, that team that year in 2010, you you guys you guys were special, a special mm-hmm. group of of kids that that you know felt like they 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 could do anything at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think if we I think we, we, we could have done really well. Even the bracket that we're in the four teams, I thought we could, we could play with any of them. So it was, it was, it was a good team. And I was, I was sad to see that go. And, and the only, I got the 2018 team was kind of the same way. I felt like that team could, could compete with anybody late in that season. I think we just wore down with like five straight away games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was still one of those teams. You just get a sense of, I mean, once they get going, they get going. Yeah, I mean the Kaylair Stevo goal yeah. um, at Bucknell in that in that uh, in the closing seconds. That's probably one of the the most dramatic you know wins that we've had in the last you know three or four years. It's just been it was yeah. that that was such a a big moment. And at that point, I was like, I remember I remember being in the office and we were talking about it. We were like, you know, I think they can get this done. You know, yeah. just after that after that win, I was like, this is a special team. We never thought that in that season that you, you guys would be able to pull it off. But, you know, that's the game of soccer. And that's, you know, you just never know. Like yeah. any team can pop up at any time. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's always big about going through some adversity at some point. Um, the 2010 team did maybe in previous years. And then that team did early in the year. I think it, it just, it's a, it, it, it is because it gives you that belief um, that you could, you could do it. So um, yeah, have three games, you know, I mean, come down to like the last couple minutes was really excited. And even, in that championship game, I, you know, I mean, once the, the uh, once BU scored, I, you know, I mean, I thought we played our best soccer from that moment forward. And um, yeah. that was, that was one of those ones you just like all those years, you're just sad to see it end. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, you know, you had mentioned that the um, 2010 team to this day, they're still very connected with the one, one another. And um, that togetherness was such a big 
you know, um, quality of that team. Um, and looking back at those players and where they are now, you know, what are some of the things that they've been up to during this time? Yeah, they're all, they're all doing really well. There are different types of majors all over the place. We're, we're fortunate. We've, we're going to, Justin is going to highlight, you know, I mean, five or six of the players, yep. you know I mean? He's done a couple with Natalie and Glenn and has Lauren Maines and Jana and Jenna and a bunch of the players, Leah Culp coming through. Um, the cool thing is, is we're going to, we were supposed to bring them all back on campus this year for a 10 year anniversary. We weren't able to do it. We're going to air the game um, on November 10th um, and we're going to air it on our Facebook page and then we're going to all watch it as a Zoom. Um, so the group's going to get together. I think it's going to be the first time many of them, many of them watch the, the championship game. So I still think they're really, uh, really excited about it. I've watched it a couple of times, but I don't think I've watched it in eight, nine years. Um, yeah. So I think that that's going to be great. We, we also had a, um, a call with the team with that, with that same group where I think it was like 21 of them all showed up on a Tuesday night and just to hear how they're all doing um, and how they're still connected and, and seeing, even though like we, they're like, California three or four players like we have somebody in Alabama like they're all over the place Chicago mm-hmm. you know I mean we, we did have a good group of them um, that are up in Boston and they all came to the, the championship game in 18 um, but they're all over the place but they're still really connected and they still you know I mean get together on vacations and stuff like that so it is great to hear and I, I love hearing from them and even our assistant coaches with Amanda and Aaron and then Brian our trainer we're, we're hoping to have everybody around. Those uh those Zoom um things uh, with the with the whole team watching the game those are awesome. Yeah. Uh, we did one earlier this summer with the uh, 2015 baseball team. They all got together, uh, live tweeted the game, and you know they were all having fun, laughing at certain moments, and you know th- those are so much fun. And uh, you know we we're the the two like we said the 2000 uh, 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 Lehigh Men's Soccer Championship anniversary of 20 years is coming up as well. But uh, we weren't, I don't think we're fortunate enough to have video for that. So uh, it's tough for sure. Uh, we wish that we did, but um, you know, we, we want to highlight it the best way that we can, but, um, but it's so great to, to get the, the, to get the band back together and, 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 mm-hmm. you know, watch, you know, such, such a momentous victory for the history of your program. Yeah. And it'll be great just to see them. You know, I mean, 10 years removed, be able to watch themselves play, um, and, yeah. and, and, and hopefully they're, you know, I mean, they, they see how good they were and how much fun they had. So I, I still have pictures, you know what I mean? Of, of my, my two kids running out in the field and them running around on the field, the, the players with the trophy, it was just, it was a really exciting time for that group. And I think it was great for the program to kind of finally get that and get that championship. Finally, this is kind of a sore subject probably mm-hmm. for you as it is for me, but, um, You've been well documented as a uh, as a four as a diehard four for four Philly sports fan in your in your life and uh, like myself, um, and this year has definitely not been kind to us. Uh, the Phillies missing the playoffs for the ninth straight season. The Sixers underachieving once again, uh, although they did make a couple moves in the last week um, that are exciting. Um, and then the Flyers they looked good, and then they got you know ousted by the Islanders in seven uh, in the semis. Um, and then the Eagles, you know, what is going on with them? They've looked terrible, but somehow they're in first place. And, you know, as this episode airs, hopefully the Eagles had, have beaten the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but, you know, what's your thought on the state of uh, Philly sports? And, you know, which team in Philly, in your opinion, will win the next title? Well, I'm actually five for five because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge Union fan, too. And Perfect. so the union yeah. are actually in first place and they're, you know, I mean, the favorite to I win the, that, yeah. the quarter shield. Um, so I, I actually five for five. And, and again, I have 
I've had season tickets for the Eagles um, for 25 years now um, and have made every home playoff game, even coaching soccer. I've somehow managed to do that. So <laughs> the, the, this year as a, as a Philly fan, it just, it is what it is. Like that's, this is what we're used to. This is why we love it. You know what I mean? I, I think, I think supporting the teams through the, through these moments are the most important, even though my wife laughs at me when I turn the game off or I, I throw something. Um, but this is what we're way. used to. So that's what, but I will say it's what these long struggles is what makes those championships. Like there's moments of the 2008 Phillies championship that I have in the back of my mind, being at games, being with friends. Um, and it's the same thing with the, the, the 18 championship with the Eagles. Like I was at both playoff games, like where I was when they won the championship is just there are moments you'll never forget. And I, and I, I, I actually feel for this kind of the next generation a little bit more because games, you have so much access to them. I don't know how many kids nowadays are like four for four or five for five. They're like, they're fans. And like every one of my fr friends growing up, we were all Eagles fans. We were all Phillies fans. Um, and there's just like a connection to, to that, that, that we'll mm -hmm. always have. And it, it's the same thing with my dad and my parents and my family members. That it, it's that one connection that you have um, that just crosses all borders. And, and even like, even like being at a game and, and, and we talked about civil and rat, like, you can talk and you can beat it. You can beat an Eagles game and hugging, you know I mean? Total strangers. And you, you have that one yeah, connection yeah, and yeah. you understand that we're the same, like we're literally the same. Um, and I, I think that's the one thing that sports does for you. And it's what's Philly sports have always done for me. It's, it's my connection to my hometown. It's my connection to my friend. The reason I have season tickets is because my friend group, we live in Jersey and you mean all over the place, but do we get together three times a year for an Eagles game? Yeah. That's, and that's the part about it. It keeps our, our, our families together um, and it keeps our connection. So that's, what's great about it. Um, and again, we've lost a lot. So, but it makes those moments of, of winning just so much, so great. Like, again, I mean, those, those, those playoff games in 2018 were literally like the most, some of the most fun. And now like with my kids, a connection I have with my daughter and my, my son, like going to union yep, games yep. with my son and supporting and knowing all the players. It's that connection that we'll always have. So I, I think that's what, that's what, that's what does it for me. It's an emotional, I wish I didn't care as much. I mean, it's shocking. I wish I didn't care as much as I do, but I, I do. Um, but it's just such a part of, of me. So um, that's why you know, I, I, I always try to, to keep it going. Yeah. Especially on Twitter, we see you all the time and um yeah. And, uh, you know, you never forget where you were for those championships. Yeah. So um, that is 100% true. And hopefully in this crazy year of 2020, the union yeah. can pull it out and win the MLS and yeah. everyone will be happy. Oh, so. we, we will. Like, I don't think anybody in Philly will, will even know it's happening. Probably not, but, like, but there, there that's the a... hope though, right, Eric? Like we, we want soccer to be, to be uh, a sport that people follow and there will be more – there'll be more uh, five for five fans than just you out there. Yeah. See, you know what? I'm, I'm the other way. I like the fact that, that it's our, it's our niche that like, we don't have this huge following. I like the fact that it's like, it's a group that we, we, the small group that we have yeah. something in common with. Like, I, I love that about the, like the union, about the um, being a soccer fan. And it's a connection that we have um, in there. Like, I mean, this is the only New York team I'll ever support, but I, I support the sky blue too. I have season tickets to that with a friend, but it's, it's a small group of, of friends or just a smaller group that you have that connection with. And of course it's because of Gina, but it's the closest one. 
Um, but it, it is. It's, I, I don't think I ever want soccer to be that mainstream. We can watch all the games. I have enough of it. So um, I don't know if I'd ever want it to be as big as, as, as like the Phillies or the Eagles. Well, I'm definitely getting into it for sure this year, and it's been fun. And Eric, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you on and talk about everything that's going on in your life and in your program and with the 2010 team. And um, it's been a pleasure, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having us on. I think this is awesome. I, I think it's uh, really beneficial for everybody just to, to hear from coaches, and you're doing a, a great service now because I think a lot of people need this right now. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Mountain Hawk Talk, presented by Lehigh Valley Health Network and Coordinated Health. The Mountain Hawk Talk podcast is a production of Lehigh Sports Communications. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you have show comments, questions, or suggestions for future guests, email us at sports at lehigh.edu. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lehigh MH Talk.